0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Girly Homesteader Podcast. Today's episode is all about my goals for the month of November and also some updates around our homestead. Hello and welcome to the Girly Homesteader Podcast. I'm your host, Laura, a part-time homesteader with a full-time love for makeup. This podcast focuses on traditional homesteading topics like gardening, chickens, beekeeping, hunting, fishing, being in harmony with nature, food preservation, cooking, etc. But it also touches on the girly side of things like non toxic skincare, makeup, and homekeeping. So if you're ready to learn more about homesteading and keep your girly side along the way, let's get started. All right, so I'm going to get right into this. Um, If you follow me on Instagram, you probably saw this already. But my first update is a sad one, so that's why I want to get it over with. I'm hoping that by talking about it and then moving on to other things, I can get out of my funk. Um, But we had a chicken pass away yesterday. Um, This is Daisy. I've mentioned how she's kind of been sick for the past few months now. Um, We didn't really know what it was at the beginning. Um, Then we started thinking that it was maybe gapeworm. um, And so we were treating her for that, but it never really seemed to go away. But then in the past few weeks or so, she seemed to be getting better. You know, her strength was improving and she was included with everybody else. You know, we had her with them because gapeworm, um, it's not something that's like necessarily spread by, you know, airborne or anything. So we've had her with everybody. Everyone else is healthy. Um, And everyone else had stopped picking on Daisy. They were picking on her um, a few months ago just because she was weak. And, um, you know, (laughs) incorporating a chicken after they've been secluded for a little bit, that can cause a lot of drama. So everyone was kind of just, you know, hanging out. Um, Daisy had uh she had definitely lowered in the ranks i guess and um she was just hanging out with the chicks that we have who are at the bottom of the pecking order and so you know she just seemed to have kind of like found her place i guess um but then for some reason friday uh, my husband and i we went out hunting and we came back and a lot of our chickens had not gotten in the coop and so we had a bunch of them to save and get back in the coop and then we noticed the Daisy was acting especially just skittish, especially cautious. She didn't want to go anywhere near us even though the days before, um if she would get locked out, she would always start walking towards us because she knew that she was that we were going to let her back in. But Friday night it was different. She was very very scared, very skittish, and then my husband noticed that she had lots of blood on her comb, and so, you know, we got her We got her out. We looked her over. And yeah, she had been picked on a ton. I don't really know what made it happen. But that Friday night, she was very, very bloody, very, very picked on. Um, So that night, we just kept her in the coop um, in a nest box because, you know, overnight, everybody was going to be sleeping. They wouldn't be picking on her. So then early Saturday morning, I grabbed her and I put her in seclusion. I brought out our, our dog crate and I kept that in our garage, put a space heater on her, gave her food and water, and she was eating a ton. She had a great appetite. She was drinking water. I decided to give her more worm medicine just to be sure, um, and everything seemed to be going just fine. All of Saturday, she was eating a lot. Um, she, you know, she just seemed to have energy it was really weird she was definitely still bloody but i wanted the scabs to kind of you know scab up a little bit more before i decided to give her a bath and so i'm recording this podcast on monday this is the day after it happened um so yesterday it was a rainy day and i decided okay i'm just gonna bring her in and give her a bath so i got her from the crate brought her inside into our laundry room and i started giving her a bath And she definitely, you know, didn't like getting wet. I don't think any chicken initially likes getting wet. But once, you know, the bath continues, then they kind of learn that it's actually kind of nice. So I was giving her her bath, whatever. Once we were done, I was drying her off. And then I brought her through the kitchen to go back into the garage. And she just started convulsing in my arms. And, of course, because she was wet, you know, she was spraying water everywhere. So I ran into the garage to try and get her to the crate and then as soon as we got to the crate, she just still kept convulsing. She started puking up food, and then she just stopped all of a sudden. So I yelled for my husband. He ran out to the garage, and she was gone. Um, I honestly really don't know what happened. Um, it could be many, many things. Um, but yeah, we have had a rough year for chickens. Um, back in may around mother's day one of our favorite chickens dolores from our first generation of chickens she passed away from something mysterious and then on my birthday actually in june we had a fox come and take one of our chickens and then now in october we had another chicken pass away from something mysterious um right now what i'm going through is just trying not to blame myself for her dying. Um, because I mean, of course, right after it happened, it felt like the bath that I was giving her caused it. I wasn't sure if maybe she got too much water up her nose or something and she aspirated. But honestly, she was fine after I was, you know, after we were done with the bath and I was drying her off. Um, I don't know. It was a really strange thing. And now as I'm thinking back more and more and more on everything that happened leading up to it, I'm starting to think that she knew That her time was coming close. And I think the other chickens knew that her time was coming too. And that's why they attacked her so viciously on Friday out of nowhere, because as I said, things were getting better. She was finding her spot in the hierarchy. Um, Things were not as dramatic as they had been. So then, all of this attacking out of the blue, um, it just makes me think that the chickens knew Um, that she knew uh, that she somehow got really weak and we just hadn't noticed it because we were gone that night. And then also Saturday, she seemed to just like look at us, both me and my husband, a lot more. Because honestly, (laughs) Daisy, she never really was our biggest fan. Um, And of course, because of that, she wasn't really our favorite chicken either. She was always skittish, never liked being held. Um, And she didn't really seem to like us. So Saturday, she just made a lot more eye contact with us. And then that continued Sunday too. Um, She would just like look into our eyes. And I noticed that and my husband did. And so I'm wondering if she just if she knew and it was almost her way of saying goodbye. The other weird thing that happened too is that during all of this time, whenever we would go to put her in the coop at night, because she didn't have the strength to get up there on her own. And like when I put her into seclusion, she didn't bother, you know, she didn't care if we picked her up if she was being touched. She just, you know, she wanted to be held. She knew that she was going to be safe with us. But then When I went to go get her to give her her bath, she squawked and she kicked and she didn't want, she, you could tell that she didn't want to be picked up, but I proceeded anyways and gave her the bath. And so I'm wondering if she just, if she knew that that was her time, that it was going to be happening. I don't know. So what I keep telling myself is that if I would have waited, you know, 10 or so minutes to give her her bath, I probably would have walked out there and she would have been gone just on her own. Um... So yeah, that's a really sad update. I'm still, again, as I said, I'm trying to get over it. This is the first chicken death that I have actually, you know, witnessed. She passed away in my hands, and so that was very traumatizing. I'm still trying to get over it, but hopefully talking through it on here will help me. Um, So anyways, let's move on to some other happier things. Um, It is the end of October. Tomorrow is November 1st, and man, the leaves at our house have been coming down very, very fast. Um, We have been doing so much blowing, so much raking. Um, This will get into some of my goals that I have for the month of November. Um, But honestly, our our veggie garden, uh, it has so much shade because of all the leaves that are still up on the trees. Um, But now that they are coming down, I do have hope that um, we will get some more sunlight on the garden but the thing is though we are two weeks out from the persephone period for our location and if you don't know what the persephone period is um, it is the period of time when there is less than 10 hours of sunlight and so during this time plants will stop their growth or they will just grow so slowly that you can't even really tell that they're growing Um, that for us happens on November 14th here, and then it will end, I think it's January 26th. So in the grand scheme of things, it really isn't a ton of time. It's just a little bit over two months. Um, but yeah, all of us who get seasonal affective disorder, (laughs) um, don't feel like you're alone because it happens to the plants too. Um, in other garden news, we are still harvesting lots of greens, although I can tell that their growth has slowed down um we are harvesting lots of turnips still and then actually i am very very happy to say that my carrots turned out super super well for fall and i really wasn't expecting much um but gosh this is just proof that our soil amendments worked very well already um our soil texture is definitely a lot lighter, it's a lot looser, and it's not as compacted. And so because of this, my carrots got really, really big without getting any damage from bugs or worms in them. So I am super excited. Um, so far, I've only, um, I've only harvested the first batch of carrots, so I still have a whole other strip um, that I will hopefully harvest in a couple weeks or so. So that's really all of the updates, um, just because... With fall and winter, or well, with winter coming, um, things are slowing down. Um, Our bees are almost ready for winter. There's one more thing that I'd like to do to them, but during October, I did make sure that they got their winter quilt boards on. And so what that is, it's essentially a different top for the hive um, that helps to absorb moisture. And what it has is like a little open space that you fill with wood chips. And those wood shavings, they help to absorb the moisture from the bee's breathing. Because really, bees are relatively cold hardy only if they are dry. And so if you don't have um, something to absorb the moisture in the hive, what will happen is that when the bees are breathing, the condensation from their breath, it will drip back down on them. And if they are both cold and wet, they won't survive. So I have them ready with their quilt boards. Um, But the next thing that I do need to do for them during November is I need to get um, some back up like kind of emergency food ready for them. So then this brings me into my first goal for the month of November. So for the bees, I'm going to, I'm gonna try something new this year. I saw this on a Facebook group. And normally I would mix sugar, just granulated sugar with water. And you would mix it up like just enough water so that the consistency is almost like sand, where you can make a sand castle. And so you essentially just take this mixture And you will make like a patty and you will let it dry and it becomes like a hard crystallized like sugar and so then you would put that on top of the frames in the beehive but i saw someone on this facebook group do something that is so much simpler and it helps to absorb even more moisture in the hive and so what they do is they take newsprint and they will put a thin layer just like one sheet of that over the top frames in the hive and then all you do is you just take that granulated sugar and you just dump some on and so yes it is loose at this point but over time it will absorb the water from the bees breathing and it will turn into its own like brick of sugar without you having to do any of the mixing and it helps to absorb that excess moisture so on one of these warm days during november and actually this coming week looks like it's going to be very warm so i'm hoping that i can get that done this week um i will be using probably not newsprint but i have some very thin um recycled uh i'm totally blanking recycled paper towels so these are brown paper towels unbleached and those are thin enough that i'm thinking i'll be able to use them over the frames in the beehive um and then i can pour the sugar on top so that is my first goal for the month of november and after the break i'm going to get into all of my other goals for this month all right so as i kind of hinted at last week a lot of the goals for the month of november are all about getting ready for winter um so in the garden I still have some root veggies and some broccoli and cabbages that are growing in my in-ground beds, but because those are the ones that definitely need the most help in terms of soil amending, I'm hoping that in November I'll be able to get those cleared out. That way I can do the soil amending that I want to do. So uh, my first garden goal for the month of November is to get all of my root veggies out of the ground. Some of them still have a few weeks left, I would say, for them to... um, reach full maturity, but some of them, um, I'll probably be clearing out here pretty darn soon. My peas really haven't done much. Um, it has been, it was so dry here, um, during October, but then these past few days have been rainy. And so I think all of that dry weather, it was just really tough on the peas. So we actually didn't have as much of a pea harvest as I was expecting. Um, but anyways, the things that I'll have to clear out are the peas, Um, the rest of the root vegetables. I have some broccoli that is growing and some cabbages that it kind of worked, kind of didn't. Um, But once I get all those out of the ground, my plan is to layer on lots of the chicken bedding, the used chicken bedding that I have been saving throughout the year. Um, So that has lots of good nitrogen-rich manure. And I wanna spread that all around the um, in-ground beds that I have. And then after that, I want to layer on shredded leaves. So this is something that I was hoping to do last year, but I never got around to it. And so um, did the, the the garden clean out? That's goal number one. And then the soil amending is kind of number two. But what I will also have to do with that um, is do lots of leaf shredding. And so last year, I almost bought a leaf shredder, but then... <laughs> My dad, he is a um, a garage sale kind of guy. Um, I grew up going to garage sales with him, and he still loves going to garage sales, and I do too. I just don't do it. Um, But my dad, he found the exact leaf shredder that I wanted at a garage sale. And so last year, he gave it to me, but I never ended up using it. And so I did already start on this goal yesterday, But my plan is to shred a lot of leaves that way I can have good mulch to cover my soil during winter. But then also I would like to stockpile a bunch of it to use as mulch during the actual growing season too. Because I will say, you know, I'm still learning, but I do think I have formed an opinion about mulch in the garden. So we have a huge pile of wood chips, and I have been using it throughout the season. Um, But wood chips, although they do work very well to prevent weeds from growing around my warm weather crops, like tomatoes and peppers and things, honestly, because of how slowly they decompose, they're kind of a pain to work with when you are wanting to grow new things in their spot. Um... I also found out too, too late, but apparently if you till in, if you mix in those wood chips into your soil, they can actually suck nitrogen from the plants. And so because of that, I will no longer be adding wood chips to my garden. I am going to continue using them as mulch for my pathways because that's wonderful. But in terms of the actual soil where I am growing things, I think what I want to use as mulch next year... shredded leaves because those will decompose a lot faster and they don't steal nitrogen away from the plants as they are decomposing and as they decompose they are adding lots of good carbon and good organic matter to the soil and they will continue to improve the drainage and just the fluffiness and the lightness of the soil which is definitely the problem that we have in our in-ground beds so during the month of November I need to continue shredding leaves. And obviously, this is very weather dependent because we got a bunch of rain these past couple days, um, actually, really just overnight. And so the fluffy leaves that I had yesterday are now wet. And so I'm going to have to wait until those dry out before I can continue to do any more leaf shredding. Um, but really, in terms of the outdoor garden, that's about it. I am going to be starting to put it to bed. Now, of course, in my raised beds that do have greenhouse plastic on them as season extension. That is still growing. I'm hoping that I'll be able to keep harvesting from there all throughout fall. Hopefully, maybe even into December, we will see. Actually, just today, I even planted a new round of greens because, as I said earlier, we are two weeks away from our Persephone period. Um, At this time, who knows? I might be able to get greens to grow just a little bit, but maybe they won't. I'm not really sure. It is all an experiment. Um... The other thing that I want to do in terms of garden stuff is I want to make sure I have my indoor herbs ready to go. Um, I actually just started some new seeds for basil and I want to try getting indoor dill and cilantro and um, parsley to grow, but I'm still going to have to do some more research because honestly, what I have tried so far hasn't really worked the best. Um, So we'll see. I need to get that figured out. Um, After the next break, I'm going to go into all of the other uh, non-garden goals that I have for November. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Beauty Counter, the non-toxic skincare brand that I've been using for over two years now and has absolutely saved my skin. As a homesteader, you put so much thought into your gardening and animal husbandry practices because you know the benefits to your health, but your skin is your largest organ. So when you switch to non-toxic products, you can improve your health even more than what you've already done so far through homesteading. Click the link in the show notes to shop with me. Actually, I missed two um, garden things that I still need to do in the month of November. Um, One thing will be winterizing our rain barrels. And I'm honestly not sure when this will end up happening. Um, I'm thinking it will be November, but who knows? It might end up being December just based on the weather. Um, But yeah, we need to winterize our rain barrels and remove our sprinkler system from the garden. So that's a goal there. And then the other thing that I want to do in November is I want to rate the seeds that I purchased this year. Um, in my plum paper notebook, I have started an inventory of all the seeds that I have, but also a ranking system too. That way I can determine if I want to repurchase them or not. Because, like these scarlet red top turnips that I've purchased, oh my gosh. I love those turnips. They are so, so good. They grow so easily. Um, So that's definitely something that I will want to repurchase, just like the Hakuri seed turnips or Hakuri turnip seeds that I have. I'm definitely going to repurchase those. Then some of the other things that I bought, they just didn't really work out the best for us. Um, It could have been my user error, um, but I don't know. So I want to go through my seed inventory. And I want to rate whether or not I'm going to repurchase or not. And I just want to do that before I forget what the heck <laughs> I did this past year. Um, two things that kind of go hand in hand is I need to finally order our meat grinder. Um, I talked about this a few weeks ago when I talked about top kitchen tools for the homestead. Um, but we are going to purchase a true meat grinder Um I think it's going to make our lives a lot easier. Um, As of right now, we still have just the deer that I got, um, but actually my husband, he's taken off this entire week in hopes that he can get the buck that he is looking for. So hopefully we will have two, maybe even three deer by the end of the season. And so with a legitimate meat grinder, our lives will be a lot easier. So I'd like to order the meat grinder and then also grind up the venison from the deer that I got in october so that's a big goal for the month of november because we are down to like only three pounds of ground venison um, from our previous harvest so that's a big big goal um the other thing that will be happening this month and actually tomorrow and later this week is i'm going to be reintroducing our chicken that was borrowed by our neighbors so a while back, I talked about how our neighbors, they borrowed our chicken, Violet, who was very broody, and they borrowed her to raise some chicks for them. And so it is now the time where those chicks are old enough and they are willing to give her back to us. And so we're going to be getting her back tomorrow. But... Technically, you are supposed to quarantine new chickens for a few days at least before introducing them into your flock. And even though Violet originally came from us because she has been with our neighbors for, gosh, I think like three months or so, she definitely does need a little bit of a quarantine period. So that's probably going to cause more chicken drama. Because Violet was already a scaredy cat, (laughs) I'm hoping that maybe after being in a new place and finding her purpose as a mama, maybe she will have a different temperament, but I'm not holding my breath. So anyways, we're going to be reintroducing Violet to the rest of the flock. I hope it's not dramatic. I hope I don't have any more pecking and mean chickens, but of course, you can't really stop that. Unfortunately, chickens just really are not that nice. Um. Finally, my last goal for the month of November is something that I am super excited about, but also something that I think is going to be the biggest learning curve here, and that is I am going to start baking sourdough. So I mentioned this back in October, I was gonna do research about doing sourdough. And since then I have purchased sourdough starter from someone that I follow on Instagram. Her handle is The Unexpected Gardener and she sells her dehydrated sourdough starter. And so I bought some of that from her earlier in the month and I got my flower ready to go. And I bought a book all about sourdough. And so I think I'm ready. Um, Actually, just today, I started work on this goal. I started rehydrating that dehydrated starter from my friend on Instagram, and I have about five days of getting it to restart or rehydrate it and feed it, and so hopefully next week I will be able to start actually baking with it. So that is probably my biggest, most exciting goal for the month of November, is to get into sourdough baking, because I am one of those people who used to be very, very gluten-free. I was all anti-gluten. I bought, you know, banza pasta that's made of chickpeas and it's what made me feel better. But then one day I learned that sourdough is generally easier to digest than just regular bread. And so I tried it and I was happy to discover that I felt actually like really great eating it. And so, I decided, you know what, as a great activity for winter time, I might as well try baking. Now, this comes with a disclaimer, though. I am generally not a good baker. Baking is not my thing. I love to cook, but baking is just too precise for me. So I'm going into this knowing that I have to be very scientific. I already have my food scale. I'm all set. I just am knowing, going into it, that I'm going to have to weigh things out and be very precise. So... I'm hoping that as long as I, you know, I view this as a skill that I'm learning and not um, as something that has to be done, I guess, if that makes sense. I'm hoping that that will help take the pressure off of me and view it as more of an art rather than just something that has to be done. Because cooking, you know, you have to eat. and so there's a little bit more pressure there with cooking, but with bread, you know, it doesn't have to be a main staple of your diet. Now, is it delicious and is it, does it really tasty and make a great part of your diet? Yes, it does, but it doesn't have to be there. So I'm hoping that by viewing this as a skill in an art form, it will help me have a little bit more fun with it as I learn, because in general, I think baking is pretty boring just because you do have to be so sciencey and you can't experiment too much, but As I said, baking is new to me, especially sourdough. So this will be a great adventure for wintertime. And I'm hoping that if I do get the hang of it, that I can bake and I can freeze loaves of bread and just freeze other things and I can keep them stocked up. That way, once the busier months come in spring, um, I'll have a stockpile of baked goods to get us through. So that is it for today. And I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Girly Homesteader podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you want to share more in my journey, follow me on Instagram at the girly Homesteader.